Hey, what's up, guys? Today's episode of The Point After Show is brought to you by Pristine Auction. Pristine Auction is your website to go to if you're looking for some of the greatest sports memorabilia or just memorabilia in general. You want to fill that man cave? You want that Kareem Hunt autographed jersey? Check out Pristine Auction. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. And when you get there and you sign up for free, tell them that The Point After Show sent you. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. The Point After Show presents the Fantasy Football Advantage. Oh, oh, right now, baby, yeah. all right. 60 minutes falls out. Let's open up the whole can and kick ass and kill them all. Let the paramedics sort them out. Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back. And week one in the books. Week one is in the books. I'm really depressed. I don't know about you guys. Um, Tommy's actually a little bit excited. No. Well, Tommy and Eddie are probably you guys are battling right now. We're obviously it's not recording. Good. We're recording on Monday, so uh, Monday night, so that the Monday night games are going on right now. Tommy and Eddie are battling it out head to head, and uh, these Monday night games are determiners. So if you hear Tommy start sobbing in the middle, uh, Kyle Rudolph may have scored a touchdown. But uh, we got a great show tonight. Um, like I said, I'm I'm a little disappointed in the way my week went for Week One Fantasy. I'm sure a lot of you are either really, really, really excited this week, or you are all really, really, really depressed because this was a abysmal week for uh, fantasy scoring. Basically, if you didn't have anybody on the Thursday night games, you really didn't put up that many points. No. There were a few fantasy stars on Sunday, and it was kind of hard to watch. Yeah, I, I look at I watching the red zone. Uh, on Sunday, to me, was like watching uh, a viewing. It was like going to a viewing. It was so... I mean, we didn't have any excitement in the room. It was just bad. Uh, we it opted was to play horseshoes at one point. Yeah, <laughs> we literally opted to go play horseshoes. Well, I think uh, on a couple of my leagues, I think my bench outscored my starters because yeah. that's what it seemed like. All, like, you know, rookie RBs or, you know, a wide receiver, like a Galladay who... You know, you're not going to start week one because he's a rookie and he's in a, an offense that that has that has trusted studs, veterans. That has Marvin Jones, studs. Tate, yeah. Ebron. Paul, Ebron. you know anything about that guy? Uh, I hate him. So unless you're like in a deeper league, you're not starting a guy like that or like you know Tarek Cohen or those guys. Let know. me tell you how bad my week was in our league of record, our Lipko's Legends League. If you took every one of my starters and every one of my bench players, I had. The exact amount of touchdowns as my defense scored. Oh, wow! <laughs> Every player on my team, I had one total touchdown, and my defense also scored one touchdown. Yeah, th- yeah this this week was rough. It, it was really rough. Uh, I'm sure the NFL wasn't excited about this, especially with their sagging uh, viewership numbers and attendance numbers. Obviously, we got to see that with the Rams. There was a lot of uh, heckling going on on Twitter with the Rams' attendance. How LA needed two teams. Yeah, they couldn't even fill a stadium for one team. I know it was a luckless. Uh, Colts team versus a LA Rams team that was just atrocious last year, but uh, ah, it might have been the better game out of all of them, though. Realistically, the, one of the highest scoring games. Yeah. yeah, that was like the one game. If you had a bet an over, that would have been the last game you probably would have picked for one of yes, one of the last. Unbelievable! Games. It was just this. You know what? Uh, defense always wins first week. That's yeah. that's what uh, I said earlier in the first podcast. Was Joe Wilson told me this? Always go with defenses in the first week because. They're out there practicing, playing in the preseason where the offense really isn't doing that. So here, that's what that's what happened. Smart move, Joe Wilson. So we got an exciting show tonight. We are going to talk about uh, some players that we saw coming out of week one that we feel um, you as listeners may be worried about. We want to kind of talk you guys off the ledge, or we might want to talk you over the ledge, uh, depending on the player. So there's a couple guys that we have in mind that um, people might be concerned about. In addition to that, we have top waiver ads that everybody's going to want to go hop on. You're listening to this on Tuesday. Obviously, your waiver ads have to be in Tuesday night, so uh, we're going to get you ready for that. But um, before we do that, let's, uh, let's hop into the question of the week. So the question of the week is, which week one standout player are you not completely sold on? Ed, let's start with you. And we did talk about this before we went on air. I think we all picked someone from the Thursday night game. But that's the only the, place where there are points. Between the Chiefs and the, and the Patriots. But I'm going to go Mike Gillisley, Gill, a.k.a. Um, 15 rush attempts, 45 yards, and three touchdowns. 
Um, I just don't ever trust the running back situation in New England. They have James White, Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis also back there. I think it's going to be a rotation. Each game, each week, it might be one of these different guys that are going to score a touchdown or multiple touchdowns. It's not going to be like you can see Gill maybe only get one carry this 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 week coming up and get and see Rex Burkhead get 14, 15 carries. It's not a consistent offense uh, running back situation in New England. I can see why people were high on him coming into this year. Uh, he had a great uh, backup uh, season to Lashawn McCoy last year. And he is—he might be their their goal line guy. He, you might see some goal line carries there, but um, you know if they're down, uh, I think James White's going to get a lot of uh, you know third down um, action. And Rex Burkhead and Deion Lewis—they're both uh, going to be mixed in as well. So I don't—I don't trust Gill as a consistent fantasy uh, player. Going Start forward. every week. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that too. And and I think that uh, Gill is may steal that Legarrette Blunt role. That's the only thing that uh, I have a little hope in his upside for fantasy owners this year is that he might steal that. I'm not going to say he's going to have 18 touchdowns, but he's off to a great start with three this week. I think that Gill can be a flex play every week. That's just my opinion. But my breakout player this week, uh, I'm going to go with Alex Smith from the Kansas City Chiefs. This guy went out. He he. he Threw out of his ass this week. 28 for 35, 28 to 35 for 360 yards and four touchdowns. But here's my my take on this: is this is typical Alex Smith. He did the same thing last year. He went out through for 363 yards versus the Chargers. Then the rest of the season, he went out and averaged 224 yards a game. So there are a lot of people high on him right now, saying he he needs to. Uh, go out and throw the deep ball and not be that game manager that he's known to be because he's got Mahomes behind him. But his job is safe. He's got some wheels underneath him for with his legs. But he's not going to put up the same numbers. He's not going to be a top 10 quarterback. It's only happened once in the last five years where he's top 10. Other than that, he was 18, 22, and I think 13. So go out and uh, avoid Alex Smith. Don't Don't buy into the hype. That's just my take on that. Yeah, I agree with it. I wouldn't use him as a number one quarterback option if in a, unless I was in a two-quarterback league. Then I feel like he's a solid quarterback, too. Uh, where I can see him being a value is if you're looking at streaming options and he has a great matchup. Uh, and if you have Big Ben, I think he proved it last night again. If he's on the road and you have Alex Smith and a good matchup, I would play Alex Smith over Big Ben on the road uh, and, a, and a couple other people. But I agree with you. I'm not overreacting on him. It was one game. The Patriots will figure it out. And quite honestly, I think that he comes back down to earth. But I'm going to stick with that game as well. And I'm going to stick with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to probably get hated by a lot of people for my pick. And I'm not saying this because... This guy single-handedly beat my ass in about five of my 11 leagues I'm in this year. But I'm going to go Kareem Hunt. I think that Kareem Hunt's uh, breakout game was amazing. Uh, it was it was phenomenal. 148 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He had another 98 yards and five catches and two touchdowns in the air. But that's not – I mean, I'm not going to – there's no way I'm holding that to the fire every single week, uh, obviously. Two of his touchdowns, two of his three touchdowns were from 75 yards and 78 yards. Big play potential, yes, um, but I just don't think he I don't think he has those kind of games. I would say this. I know that there's probably a ton of people out right now on your leagues that are high on Kareem Hunt and they'll be willing to give away some craziness. I saw a, a trade on Twitter today. The guy was willing to give up Le'Veon Bell for Kareem Hunt. Make that trade, for God's sakes. Get Le'Veon Bell. For, for Kareem Hunt in a heartbeat. So If I see that, yeah. I'd, I'd probably actually, if that was in any of our leagues, I'd tell whoever was trying to trade Le'Veon Bell for Kareem Hunt, I'd tell him, uh, I'm sorry you're not invited back next year. Yeah, there's overreactors on Kareem Hunt, and I, I'm not going to deny that he's going to be a, a good back to have. As a, I think he finishes the league as a running back, too, regardless of how great his start was. And I, I, I think that, realistically, that could it could be his first start, first game ever, and it could be maybe his best game of his career ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you don't know, obviously. Hell of a game. But, oh, yeah, it was a great game. But yeah. against the, the Patriots, who's you know defending Super Bowl champs, too. Yeah, their defense is usually pretty solid, actually. <clears throat> but I think um, you know teams, rookie quarterbacks, or rookie running backs, I should say, they do kind of have a little bit of an advantage um, because other teams, they don't really have any um, history to look at, any kind of game tapes, game film to kind of study the, the type of running back this person is. 
obviously he might come back to earth in a couple weeks once the the defenses uh, start you know reviewing some film on him. So. All right, so uh, that answers the question of the week. Let's break into the week one injury news, which we're going to talk about some of the big injuries that happened this week. Uh, again, no Monday night action here because we're recording during Monday night, so if anything happens on Monday night game, we're probably not going to talk about it here. But first thing first, uh, speaking Monday, Cardinals coach Bruce Arians said David Johnson is seeking a second opinion on his wrist injury. But that is, uh, but his current prognosis is the same as T.J. Logan's, who is the in, who is on injury reserve with a wrist injury. Um, they're calling it a dislocated wrist, according to Adam Schechter on ESPN, which could have him out anywhere from two to four weeks, or three to four months, or the entire rest of the season. So, uh, good luck with that one. They did just bring in uh, D.J. Foster from off the practice squad of the Patriots. If that's telling anything, they have Andre Ellington, they have Kerwin Williams. Uh, what do you guys think? I think they go uh, sign CJ 2K again. <laughs> They're talking yeah. about it. They're open and, and that's okay, but here's the thing. like At the end of the day, they cut him. I mean, so how good is he truly at this point? They're, they're, they're going to get... I think it's running back Best by friend. committee. I think if you're a DJ owner and you're you're looking to try and grab one of these guys... Yeah, you go Williams. Uh, you, you go Williams, but I think that you're... You're obviously just there's nothing that's going to come good of this. I think you're going to see a, a four-headed, maybe a three or four-headed monster there of of running backs being utilized. I just don't see any value coming at us. If the best case scenario is that uh, DJ is is maybe comes back in a week or two, who knows? Maybe he doesn't miss any time. I don't know. It seems like this this news is pretty yeah, foggy. The, the only thing, uh, you know, obviously with DJ there, it, most people drafted him number one overall. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Um, I did, including Eddie. I did in one league too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, me too. And it stinks. It's my first year. I got a one overall, and I was able to get the stud. And he goes down game one with a wrist injury. I think this brings an uptick to Carson Palmer and the receiving core there. I think Carson Palmer is obviously uh, the ball's in his court now. He's going to have to do a lot better. So I think that's uh, JJ Nelson, Brown, uh, Fitzgerald are going to see a lot more receptions because obviously with David Johnson, he's a receiving back. And those targets are going to dissipate, for sure. I'm more concerned about the fact that they don't have a threat in the backfield now, and maybe they can drop back in coverage a little bit more. But I can see your side of it, too. Those targets probably have to go somewhere. It's a big it's a big loss for everybody that drafted David Johnson and the Arizona Cardinals. Let's keep going here. So uh, the Baltimore Sun uh, reports that Ravens fear Danny Woodhead will miss a significant t- amount of time. So it looks as though he um, he opened up the game really solid on that first drive, had three catches quick, and then uh, pulled up limp on the hamstring. And then he went Danny Woodhead. And then he went Danny Woodhead. And if you guys don't know this already, that hamstring that he, that he went bad on is the same hamstring that he had a problem with in the preseason this year so now it's the second time in less than you know two months and i think that's bad news for danny woodhead uh, what do you guys think i think that there's i mean he would have been a ppr stud this year there's no yeah. question about it um well, he showed that first game yeah. right yeah. yeah first drive yeah he was yeah. a um, monster right and away. i mean i kept him for a couple years in my one keeper league because uh up until last year when he had the season ending injury yeah. um you know he's just that guy that even doesn't matter what offense he's in, whether it be um, the Chargers or now uh, Baltimore, he's going to get a lot of looks and a lot of targets and a lot of receptions. So I think it's a big dent in that um, Joe Flacco offense. Oh, yeah, because their main target right now is uh, Macklin, who obviously really didn't do much in Kansas City. Eagles, he was okay. I think that is definitely a step back for Joe Flacco and, and the rest of the offense. But I think that's a step up for Terrence West and Buck Allen owners. Uh, you know, there are not much of catchbacks like Woodhead was out of the backfield. But at the same time, a lot more opportunities for them. So I'm going to ask you guys this question because the next two guys we're going to talk about quickly are, are season-ending injuries, and we'll get to them in a minute. But those last two guys, right, uh, I'm going to ask your opinions on this. So let's start with David Johnson. So we're kind of unclear right now with David Johnson's injury. You have him on your team. What are you guys doing with him? We'll start with Tommy. Well, it depends what, what kind of league you're in. Sure. If, if you're like our league where you could franchise him. Or you can put him on an IR. Or on IR, you have to keep him. Um I would I would hold him until you hear some more news with the you know the second opinion whatnot what's going to happen there. Are you trying to be sneaky and maybe try to trade him away with the hope, or try to be at the other end and be the guy no. that's trying to trade for him with the hope? I would. I, I'm the 
Well, we know which way you go. <laughs> I'm the half glass full kind of yeah. guy. So I'm trying to trade for him at this point. If I had him, no, I still wouldn't trade him. Because here's the thing. There's a lot of upside if he comes back. Even if yeah. he comes back for the last two weeks of the season uh, before playoffs, fantasy playoffs, then you have a stud going for playoffs. Yeah. Well-rested, not worrying about injury, ready to roll. Um, but I would probably try to trade for the guy. For that one of, one of two reasons. One, he could be that guy that you have sit, stashed on your bench. You could get him real cheap right now. Fire People, away for some unknown trade, right? Yeah. You don't know. Throw, throw it out Hopefully there. Hopefully you got a guy see, panicking. Throw some shit at the wall, see what stink. yeah. sticks. It's definitely going to stink. Uh, Eddie, what do you think real fast here, bud? Um, I think that I, I do kind of agree with Tommy, but I think I would keep him no matter what. To be honest with you, I mean, I don't, I'm, no, I'm no doctor, but there's no fracture in his wrist. It's dislocated. I think. But you are a daddy. <laughs> I am a daddy. Well, Not off yet. the record. Off the record. Uh, no, but I, I do think he, he will come back. Uh, you know, not maybe not sooner than later, but I think before week ten. And um, you know, a dislocated wrist. I tweeted out earlier that has really nothing to do with his legs. I mean, I, I know to you know hold, carry the ball, yeah. secure, secure the ball. It is, the, it like is that. the yeah, and they switch hands often when they're running the ball, so he definitely needs it. He definitely needs it, but I think he can play with a little bit of soreness. Um, I don't think that's going to help his his running back skills too too tremendously. So even if he's not a hundred percent, maybe if he's seventy five percent, I still think he he comes back, especially if they're in playoff contention okay. uh, later in the year. Yeah, what do you think? Guy, what do you, this guy wanted to to play a lot, you know, like yeah. he said, he wanted a thousand and a thousand this year. So he's itching to put up big numbers. I think he's the kind of guy that'll come back and play through injury, uh, even if it's not a hundred percent. It's a wrist. It's not a leg, like Eddie said. Um, maybe he's not as productive out of the backfield, but catching the ball potentially. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But. but uh, so what do you guys think about Danny Woodhead? What do you do in that situation? Do you hold on to him? Do you do you do the same scenario, or do you uh, dump him? I, I think I no. think you dump him. Yeah, um, I, I'm not dumping him personally. I think that he showed a lot of potential in the, that first drive. A hamstring, I give him you know three four weeks. I think he's back. I think he's I think he's a threat. I, hamstrings are they're they're that nagging yeah, lingering injury. I agree. Um, we saw you know, obviously Julio Jones. In preseason, too. Yeah. Julio Jones a couple years ago. Um, yeah. He would come back for a game, then he would leave in the third quarter, miss the next two games. It, it's it's a tough injury for especially for a wide receiver okay. who makes cuts all the time. So you guys would try to dump him. I'd keep him. We'll keep going. You'd keep Woodhead. I would. I'd keep him. I think that he's got value, and I think that the hamstring is going to last less time Do than. You know than potentially a dislocated wrist. I, I would agree with that if Terrence West and Buck Allen didn't come out and perform like they did this week. Okay. They came out, they put up solid numbers, they, they showed that they can be trusted in the backfield, and I, I just think that puts a nail in the coffin for Woodhead, potentially his career even. Okay. I, that, I've heard that a lot. I've heard some Ravens fans say the same thing. So let's keep going. So we got Allen Robinson um, and Kevin White, both done for the season. Kevin White. Well, Kevin White is on the IR. So yeah. there's still some a little bit of hope for him. Yeah, this you're right. He's got a fractured scapula. This guy just can't catch, can't a, catch break, a break, man. Three seasons in a row. Yeah, he's Hurt. the guy that stands in, a, in an open field and he's somehow like, gets hit by lightning like twice. He's like he he is a yeah he's like and I I three years three years like Tommy yeah. said he hasn't played more than five games or total yeah uh, and he had such talent coming out and I think that at the end of the day uh, contract year I don't I don't know if he comes back I, I don't know if he comes back I don't know if he comes back to the Bears specifically but maybe somebody takes a shot at him but I think that's the last we're gonna hear of him fantasy relevance Allen Robinson I can tell you first half hands down hurt my team he was my number two wide receiver behind Mike Evans. Um, First first drive of the game, go figure. He catches a nice 17-yard pass and doesn't even get hit, and he tore his left ACL. So um, I think for me, uh, the question here for you guys is um, Marquise Lee, Alan Hearns, um, Keelan Cole. Are, yeah, I mean, who do you who do you go with here? I mean, who's the the next man up for that team, well, if any? I think Marquise Lee is the next man up. Um, I hope they keep Alan Hearns in the number one spot and then Lee in the two spot because obviously then. That'll free him up from the number one defensive back and the shadow, whatever it would be uh, on the defensive play. I think they keep Lee in the slot. I think that helps him. Tons. But um, but who becomes that second? At the guy, end of the I day, guess. is is 
who knows what the offense has to do, right? Like the, their defense was dominant this week against the Colts, and, yeah. and they didn't, or not the Colts, uh, uh, the Texans, and they the offense didn't have to do anything. Dominant they were. Uh, where they have eleven completions only. Yeah, ten uh, sacks. They actually had almost as many sacks well, as they did completions. So yeah, I'm talking on the other end of the uh, ball, the offense side of the ball. Uh, with eleven completions, he had four targets, no completions to Lee, but you know most of the show was uh, through Eddie's guy for Netflix and chill. And uh, we'll see what happens this week when they play again. I, I think we could have a, a more fair assessment after this week. All right. So uh, that yeah. wraps up. Eddie, you got some? No, I was just going to okay. say, I mean, I to be honest with you, I don't know if I can trust Bortles enough to trust any of these four guys. I think Bortles will throw, to Tommy's point from last week, I think Bortles will throw the ball enough. And you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you could throw 20 darts in the dark. Eventually, you're going to hit a board. Yeah. Um, I just feel like he's going to have to throw the ball enough with that. But I do love Fournette. I mean, Fournette looked good. And if that foot injury doesn't become a problem for him, and he's going to be solid. And then, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Like, they're just going to feed him the ball like th- 30 times a game. Yeah. And Ivory became a, a threat out of the backfield this week. I think he had a, a bunch of yeah. targets and catches. So, uh, something to look at. So, Let's move on from this, and let's get into our meat and potatoes segments here. And um, Tommy thought this was going to be a, would be a solid uh, play, a solid segment, and I, I agree with him 100%. But we're going to get back to our old school panic button, and we're going to do it early because it is week one. And quite honestly, we always say nobody should be panicking after week one. But we know there's going to be people panicking after week one. And if there's a guy out there that I think people – would be panicking on, and quite honestly, I think personally people should be panicking on, I'm going to go with Jordan Howard. Um, so running back for the Chicago Bears, Jordan Howard was drafted probably in your top 15 picks, depending on you know where you're at. Uh, Tommy, I think you were that guy, right, in our league. Uh, Jordan Howard did not look well. He didn't with, look bad with, with but, franchise picks, right, right, right. You know, he but was, I think he was a top 15 pick in every draft. I think for the most probably. part, he was a top. 10 at uh, top eight His running ADP back. He was probably top 15. So there's a lot of people out there right now that are a little worried about him. I'm not um, worried. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have it in front of me of where he finished for the, for the week with, with stats and with points, but I know this much. Um, Tariq Cohen, which I'm going to talk about later on in the show, um, really put a big, took a lot of wind out of, uh, Jordan Howard's sale. They were, they ultimately, uh, Jordan Howard had 16 touches this week only. Total, 16 touches. For the guy that's supposed to be coming out of that backfield at the number one, um, he dropped a horrible game-winning, which would have been a game-winning touchdown. First off, let me cut you off there. He wouldn't have never broke the plane. What? Would have never broke the plane. Uh, watch watch I the replay. That. Never broke Dude, the plane. Dude, he was right on the. He was on the one inch line. That's no, all you do is stick sm- the ball no, out. He got smacked. Right. He at, didn't get touched. He watch, dropped the ball. Watch the. Watch I'll, the I'll go back and watch it again. He didn't get touched. I guarantee. Next episode, I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. I'm write it on the wall. You will agree with me that he would have never broke the plane. Okay. We'll, we'll check it out. It was better that they. He I'll, dropped the ball. I'll throw it out on Twitter and when it, when, I, when I find it, and we'll see what everybody else thinks. But he dropped the wide open. Pass. Oh, he dropped it. Yeah, wide for open. Sure, pass. I'm not disagreeing with that. And that it was a touchdown. He would have known. He would have scored. scored. He could have moved. Would have scored. No, he's. You didn't watch the game. I did watch the game. <laughs> I was <laughs> right there staring then, at it with you. Then you were cross-eyed. And you literally wanted to cry when he dropped then that. Then you were cross And you you called it. Too. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's gonna drop this. He, but he he's had this problem since last year. Sure, yeah, he has last year he had the drops, and now they have Tariq Cohen come in who can actually catch the ball. I, do I think he could be a first and second down back? Maybe, probably not. But the reality is, is he could catch the ball. Jordan Howard is not trusted in that offense right now, as far as a catching back. And I just have a problem with with that. When that that team is going to be, for the most part, that team is going to be in passing offense a lot. The game script shows that that team is going to be throwing the ball more often than they're going to be running the ball in the fourth quarter. I disagree with you a couple ways. Okay. One is... Is it because he's on your team? No. Okay. No, not at all. Just a couple things about Cohen and what you said about them being a pass offense because of where they're going to be in the fourth quarter. Their defense came out and they played solid against uh, the defending NFC champions, the Atlanta Falcons, who have an explosive offense every single week and always prove that. They could put up points, move the ball, etc. So the Bears, but they didn't do that in this game early. They the didn't ba- move the ball a ton in this game exactly, early. Exactly, because the Bears have they a had good two, defense. They had two big plays to help this team. This, the this Bears game look. have a good defense. But my point being, so what was your point? You're trying to make there that you said that the Bears will be in these passing situations because they're going to be getting roughed up in right, games. Right. They're and, not going. But to they be. were in a passing situation at the end of this game, right? They're not going. Fourth to be. quarter. 
How many touches? Did, how many touches did, did Jordan they were, Howard they have were in the down fourth quarter? Six in the fourth quarter. I get it, but Jordan Howard and that was because blew a of touchdown broken catch. coverage. It doesn't. Yeah. So again, so you think they're going to trust him again in the back and to, to catch the ball okay, in the backfield? You, you didn't let me get to my my second point. Is is you're wrong with the Bears and them having to be a pass offense. I think what's going to happen here is Cohen is going to be sure he's going to be a solid start, and I don't think it's going to impact Jordan Howard very much because of the injuries at wide receiver for the Bears. We just talked about Kevin White going down. Meredith went down already. Both potentially season-ending injuries. Who knows what's going on there? We'll see. But Cohen's going to get his touches. Jordan Howard's going to get his touches. He averaged four yards a carry this week. I know Cohen had better than that. But again, it's, it's, a, it's a fluke. It's a freak thing. It might happen. He's a small guy. What, 5'8", 180 pounds? 5'6", 180 pounds? He's a, he gets one hit. He's done. He's going to be hurt. So I'm not I'm not worried about Jordan Howard at all, at all. Okay. He had one drop. That's a, that's the only thing that you have to negate what he did the rest. No, of No, I also have the fact that he ran for next to no yardage. He had 13 carries. 13 carries for 52 yards. Yeah, so four yards a carry and a touchdown. Okay. F- but 52 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries. I take that every single week. All right. You probably your have running to, backs. You probably have to do that. How's your running I had, backs? I had Todd Gurley. How'd he do? Todd Gurley did pretty good. Running back. It doesn't matter. I have Marshawn Lynch, who also did pretty well. Not as good as he did. If Marshawn Lynch got one of those three carries in the three yard line, he would have had a better stat line, but he didn't. My aunt had a dick. She'd be my uncle. Well, she probably is your uncle. Well, well, nowadays it's okay. Anyway, uh, Eddie, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) With that, yeah, you think anything? You think anything about? uh, You worried about Jordan Howard? Um, I mean, if I was a Jordan Howard owner, maybe I'd be a little bit worried. Obviously, you saw what the rookie can do, and Jordan Howard, he wasn't as explosive as the rookie. Um, yeah, I agree. Okay, so, Ed, so who is your guy for uh, to be worried about the and it, it panic button? It might be too early to hit the panic button, but I did not like what I saw at a Gronk Thursday night. Um, six targets. Well, actually, that whole Patriots offense was kind yeah, of. I was going to say we can pretty much include the entire Patriots. Kind of horrible, besides their run game, I guess, with Gillisley. But um, six targets, two receptions, thirty-three yards. Um, but I, just just watching him out there, he didn't play a lot in the first half. Um, and when he was out there, he didn't look like the the agile. Uh, Gronkowski that we saw in the past and I don't think he's going to be he doesn't seem as like he might be as dominant in that position fantasy wise I mean he was drafted ADP second round mid mid second round seventh round or second round seventh pick um, for PPR leagues but he he, I think you're going to see more of the um, you know tier one tight ends kind of move up closer to him and I don't think that Drafting him in the second round is a smart move anymore. He's getting older. He's been banged up for years. He's just not as dominant, I don't think, as years prior. Here's my thing is, I I, I agree. And I said this last year at the end of the season during our podcast that I think Gronk might be coming towards an end for his career based on all the injuries he had. Arm, leg, hip, back, everything. This guy had surgery, sex, alcoholic problems, but... Is there such thing as a sex problem? Unless you're Tiger no, no, Woods? No, no, or Chuck Sheen. Um, well, that's a different... That's but <laughs> I, I I said this last year, but at the end of the day, here's my thing, is, is on the panic buttons, I really don't hit panic buttons. First week, it was... Kansas City has one of the best defensive backs, defenses in the NFL this year, and I'm very confident Gronk will... If healthy, put up Gronk-type numbers this year, especially because Edelman's down, Amendola, concussion, injury machine. They're going to need to have Gronk there. No, I I do think that you'll see a lot of uh, two tight end sets. I think Dwayne Allen will get some of his looks. First play of the game, Dwayne Allen was wide open. Brady just overthrew him a little bit. Um, So you know Dwayne Allen's going to get some looks and some targets. I mean, I don't know if it'll matter too much because, like you said, there's been a lot of injuries in the last, you know, week, week and a half. Um, but, you know, with Brandon Cooks with the, you know, going deep and, you know, they're going to have to put Philip Dorsett and, you know, they're probably going to bring up a couple guys that we've never even heard of. Uh, that's how Belichick does it. So there might be some guys that 
um, you know, gets thrown in this offense, wide receiver-wise, that you, you know might break out and become a, a star. But you know, Hogan. Um, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. But here's yeah. here's what I'll tell you. Here's I'll, I'll give you my two cents on this. I'm not worried about Gronk. I'm not even worried about the entire Patriots team as in general. No. So crazy stat that actually speaking of Gronk, Gronk tweeted this out. Um, there's been three seasons in the Brady era that they lost the season opener. And they won the Super 2001, Bowl. 2001, 2003, 2014. They won the Super Bowl all three of those years. So. I'm not overreacting on, and I think that Gronk actually looked pretty damn good from a guy that didn't play a lot last year, hardly anything, and I don't believe he played very much, if at all, in the preseason this year. So, uh, first game, first game jitters, they get it out of them. Belichick will figure it out. Gronk will be fine. That's just my take on it. But I see where you're going, Eddie. If I was a Gronk owner, yeah, I'd be a little frustrated. But I, I'm a hey man, I'm a I'm an Aaron Rodgers owner. I'm frustrated with everything right about now. But I'm just saying, like you draft him in the second round, he he's got to be. Way up and above the next person for the tight end yeah. position. We could have spent yeah. an entire four-hour episode talking could. about busts from week one, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I just, I'm not worried about week one. Obviously, no, like no, we I said agree. earlier in the episode, we talked about last podcast, is week one, the defenses all came out and played, the offenses struggled, and all your studs, your starters, people you drafted, expecting to do this, do that, whatever, came out and struggled. Yeah. Uh, give them at least three weeks. That yeah. That's my take on everything give them three weeks after that then you could go into the tommy method of fantasy football and just trade away your team and uh just get rid of your fantasy football playoff hopes and just get rid of everybody next thing you know you're drafting 15 picks next year and you still suck so yeah there there was a lot of players um this week that we could have uh we could have been panicking the nfl to tommy's point from earlier on in the show the nfl you know, probably happy that the games were sped up. I think the first one o'clock games, um, all of them were under a three-hour window, or for the most part, most of them. But the touchdowns, man, touchdowns lacking uh, was disappointing. There was a stat I saw, and I was talking to you guys about this um, in 2016. There was in week one, there was 80 plus t- or 70 some plus touchdowns uh, scored offensively in week one of last year, and without the Monday night games being included, this year we were only at 42. So um, unless the Monday night games somehow managed to put up like 30 plus touchdowns um, between the two games, it's going to be a big under for 2017's uh, touchdown for offenses. So. Um, that being said, I think we uh, we should probably now talk about some key waiver pickups that people should be on the lookout for. Um, this is the, probably the most important segment for you know any show is who do guys go look for? It's 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 we don't want them to panic, but at the end of the day, there was a lot of injuries and there's a lot of good look. Guys, am I okay to say that? Uh, There's a yeah. lot of uh, good-looking players out there that uh, are probably on most waiver wire. So these are guys that what did we discuss under under fifty percent? Under fifty percent? Did we even I mean, pick any? Of, no, uh, I think most of these guys are under twenty percent owned, yeah, right? Maybe twenty-five ish. Yeah, yeah. So some of these guys that we're gonna, I think almost every one of these guys that we're gonna talk about are well under thirty percent owned, twenty percent owned. So they're probably on most of your waiver wires. If if you haven't been told by 15 other people today to go out and find them, we're going to be the other person to tell you to go out and find them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a real fast one here, and it's only because we just talked about him a few minutes ago. But Terry Cohen is probably, in my opinion, the number one waiver pickup this week because of his performance. Um, uh, 66 yards rushing. The guy had 12 targets. You can never. Tommy and I always talk about this. Targets equal opportunity. 12 targets, eight catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. The Bears um, are going to continuously keep utilizing him in that offense. Uh, maybe or maybe not. It affects Jordan Howard. I don't know. Jordan Howard could still probably be very productive with him. I don't believe so. Tommy does. Uh, I just I think that Tariq Cohen somehow slowly becomes this whole. Uh, if you guys remember last year, Jordan Howard and uh, Langford, that situation. Langford came into the, the season the guy, and then Jordan Howard just took over. I think that, in my opinion, Tariq Cohen by the by you know middle season is is the is the main guy there. Tommy disagrees with me, but he's only thirteen percent owned in leagues. Get out, get him as your number one pickup on your waiver priority, Eddie. 
Who do you got, buddy? Well, hold on. Yeah, oh, you're gonna you're, okay. yeah, over here. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot. Jump. Well, I, I yeah, That's no, I just Polly. I apologize. Here, I always apologize. trying to block out his little brother. Well, is uh, I'm gonna the only thing I'm gonna disagree with here is is Cohen. Sure, yeah, he's gonna be a great waiver wire pickup. But I think what's gonna happen here with Chicago, their hands gonna be forced that he's gonna have to become more of a receiver with all the injuries that they've received so far with Kevin White and uh, Cameron Meredith. The rest of the receiving core didn't look that good. You know, when uh, Zach Miller and Deion Sims, your tight ends, are two of your best receivers in a week, you're struggling at the receiver. So Cohen might hurt a little bit, suffer a little bit, because he's going to have to play maybe a little more slot or some type of different type of offensive set to uh, allow Jordan Howard in the backfield again. He, he was a stud last year, averaged four yards a carry this week, uh, rushing touchdown. I know he had that big drop in the backfield, but he still had three catches for 14 yards on five targets. He's still catching a higher percentage of his balls than, than people would give him credit for. But uh, I'm, I, I have a waiver request in for Colin. Yeah, me too. Just as a handcuff because I have Jordan Howard, just yeah. in case. Well, I think a lot of people, I mean, whether you read it or hear it, hopefully you hear it from us first, but um, I know it, it's probably no secret that uh, Cohen's the most talked about uh, waiver wire ad this week. Sure. But I'm going to go the better Different bang, running back, huh? Different running back. The better bang for your buck, Allen, I'm going to go. Wow. Bang. The better bang for your Ooh. buck, Allen. Javorius Buck Allen. Eddie, I Eddie. thought you were going Buck Eddie, Naked that, Allen. That joke actually works, so we don't <laughs> yeah. have to uh, you up and delete. I, I thought you were going to go Buck Allen, <laughs> Buck Naked Allen, but I like the better bang for your buck, Allen. Uh, only 1% owned, maybe 2% now, uh, but when I was doing my research, he was only 1% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Um, after... Uh, Woodhead went down. Basically, him and Terrence West split the carries. He actually got more. He had 21 rushes for seven, 21 rushes for 71 yards. Uh, I think Terrence West had 19 carries. So it's going to be a 50-50 split, I believe, until maybe one of them breaks out. And it's going to be a, a coin flip each week. Um, uh, but I think Buck Allen, he's younger and he's quicker. I see great things for Buck Allen in that offense going forward. And I don't have too much against this one, Ed, is, uh, but you said it when you were talking about it, is it's going to be a 50-50 split. So how do you start a guy that's only going to get 50% of the carries potentially without worrying about uh, you know the rookie um, or even Danny Woodhead coming back? Terrence West obviously got the touchdown this week, had a better average per carry. So I'm... Again, you know, it depends how deep your leagues are, how many running backs you start, your flex players you start, whatever it would be, your league settings is going to be dependent on if you would pick this guy up or not because he's going to get 50% of the carry. It's going to be definitely one of those backfields that's split 50-50. Yeah, and I, and but I listen, think if, he's a good flex player. I agree, man. If they're going to split that backfield 50-50 and a 50-50 running back gets 21 carries, I mean, they're, I'm good. They're I know they were destroying them, but, yeah. I mean, hey, man, they, yeah, play the Browns, the clock. they play the Browns twice a year. The Browns I have mean, a good defense. Look at Le'Veon Bell this week. Le'Veon Bell is a you different can say scenario. Whatever you want. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell didn't play any offseason, and he's coming back after just coming off the street. You can say whatever you want. So I'm not I'm not reading that. I, th- I think Buck Allen's hungry. He wants that starting job. So yeah. I think he's gonna. I I like Buck Allen. and I agree with you. I quite honestly, he's he's one, he's in my way of repair. The only thing I wish differently about Buck Allen is I wish they targeted him as a as a yeah. out of the backfield. They don't have that 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 running back now yet that to step up that would be stuff. willing to take because. They do. They throw the ball a lot to running back. Historically, the Ravens throw the ball a lot to running backs. So I'm waiting to see who that back is that breaks out for, for the Ravens um, if Woodhead's down long term. If Buck Allen had one target, Terrence West, same thing, one target. That's what so. I'm saying. So somebody's got to break out. Some running backs got to break out of that backfield as as they're passing down back because they they do. They Historically, the Ravens throw a lot to the, to the running back. Uh, I think they were number one last year, number two last year for uh, teams that throw to the running back. So um, we'll see who it is that breaks out. I'm going to go with my next one if Tommy's good on that. Roll it. Okay, so I am going to go with Jermaine Curse. Um, Jermaine Curse. I know this is kind of crazy. It's actually it's 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 a New York Jets wide receiver, but at the end of the day, the New York Jets have to throw the ball to somebody, and everybody thought um, it was going to be um, Anderson. Anderson. Yep. Thank you. Uh, but. You know, although I think Anderson was targeted seven times, uh, Curse just coming over from Seattle, I think like less than two weeks ago, targeted was targeted nine times. nine times, seven catches, fifty-nine yards, and a guy that's just learning the playbook. 
McCown hasn't even gotten 100% comfortable with the guy. He was he was his number one option all game. And a team that, like we said, uh, game script's going to dictate. They're going to pass the ball a lot. They're always, I mean, for the most part, they're probably going to be behind in every game. I like Jermaine Curse as a step-up guy, as a wide receiver three, or, you know, who knows? Maybe he has upside to that, but definitely ends up being a wide receiver three if he continues to go the way he's been. Um, I like him. I, he's only he's only owned in 2% of leagues. Um, I really can't disagree with that. because the, What? Yeah, I can't, because the Jets are going to be in one of those. Uh, here's the thing. I, I wouldn't start him. I'd pick him up. Sure. Um, because he's going to get a ton of targets. Would you start him over Ted Ginn as your wide receiver three? Not a chance. Okay. Um, but from the Jets, they're going to get a ton of targets because they're going to be down in a lot of games. And that's going to equate to a ton of targets, a ton of pass opportunities. You know, we saw this with the Jets the last few years, you know, with uh, Fitzpatrick back there and Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker getting a lot of those targets and, and receptions a few years ago. I just think that uh, Curse might be a good pickup this week. Yeah, I mean, I, just to kind of build on that, I think he's a good safety net for McCown, and I think just given his experience in the league, he's been around for a while, um, just having that veteran wide receiver to depend on if you need him, I think it's good. I want to just real quick interrupt this programming for this because we're obviously all sitting here. It's Monday night. We're, we're all staring at this game, this New Orleans-Minnesota yeah. game on our laptops. Is it, a, is it possible... That no, after week Sam one, blows. after week one, is it very is it possible to see Alex Smith, Jared Goff, and Sam Bradford be the top three quarterbacks in football? Because Sam Bradford is lighting up the New Orleans Saints right now. It's sickening. Yeah, I know. All right, that's all I had to say. Thank Let's you. keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, I just I, my eyes had I had to readjust. Eddie, give us your number two, buddy. All right, I'm no doctor, but I'm gonna. You pick said that twice today. Kenny Galladay in Express. Woo! That was another bad joke. Holiday in Express. I like, I like yeah. that one, Ed. That yeah. was better than uh, yeah, the other one. others that you threw out there. Yeah, we had to edit. <laughs> yeah, those were pretty bad. <laughs> but I do like uh, Kenny Galladay. Ever since preseason, he's been hyped up. Uh, and Matt Stafford, he just had an unbelievable game. Um, I'm pretty sure... I, Never mind. Kenny Galladay was. Eddie was going to yeah, throw another bad was, joke out. To Kenny Galladay was the uh, was the. If you're if you're a guy that like we are we are Twitter people. Kenny Galladay was like the Twitter rookie oh. of the year. Like a, like th- and six people weeks were throwing ago. out jokes. You know, like okay, top top five wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, Julio Jones, AJ Green, and then Cal- Kenny uh, Galladay was like up way up above everybody else. But um, I liked what I saw. I mean, he. He didn't get too many opportunities in the first half. I think he had a couple drops, but, I mean, second half he came alive, two touchdowns, one a pretty deep bomb there. Um, Beautiful catch. Beautiful catch. Unbelievable catch. I'm honest, guys, I'll say this. Like, I... did saw We talked about this guy, guy, like, two months ago, and I really felt like, I'm like, this could be... This could be their their new now he's nowhere near the size but he could be that new Calvin no, Johnson target uh, type machine man he has that ability man he's I, a freak see, of nature I'd like to agree with you but sometimes you throw some asinine shit I, I'm out not there. saying he I'm not listen I'm not you saying can't throw he those is names in the same sense. not yet but no, maybe not yet, maybe not yet, maybe, maybe. Yeah, he's the best is, is it fair to say that he has potential to be the best wide receiver on this team No you don't think he's the best wide receiver on this team right now No Golden Tate's still stud Okay can't well, disagree I think he has that. potential. I think he has potential. potential I think win. he is. This year or win. I, I went on a podcast what three weeks ago, and they asked me for a bold prediction, and I said that Kenny Galladay will be a top ten wide receiver this year. Bold prediction. I think he's that good. And honestly, I didn't even know he was going to be starting, and then he goes and does what he did last yesterday. And honestly, he's my number one waiver pick in our in our. Obviously, Allen Robinson's Eddie out. Him. Eddie has him. Yeah, he was on my bench. Ah, uh, you're right. He was my number one in uh, a yeah, different game. My, other leagues. I mean, my wide receiver. Do you want to trade? <laughs> Let's yeah. make an on-air trade. Um, I won't. I won't disagree again with Galladay. You know, he looked really good. He he caught the balls that were thrown to him. Four catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns with that one bomb, uh, 45 yarder. That was unbelievable. Uh, I I can't disagree. He's Pick him up. I think yeah. that I think Pick that he's up. probably. What, what's his only, percent owned? Uh, he was nineteen percent owned. Yeah. I, here's another thing too. Is I'm if surprised you're he's in that like low. A, a, um, a, well, I guess if you don't, if you didn't draft him in a franchise league, but if you're in a dynasty league, this is definitely a stud you need to keep an eye on because obviously uh, Stafford just signed that long-term deal to stay with the Lions, so he's going to have that trusted, solid quarterback that's going to be slinging the ball, whether it's the fourth quarter or the first quarter. 
Galladay's good. I, I'm surprised he's only 19%. I, I was in 11 drafts this this offseason, and he was drafted in every single one. I was surprised when I saw that number, too. Yeah. I was thinking maybe like 32, 35, something yeah. like that, but 19%. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. I, that, that means there's uh, 81% of leagues out there that he can go get grab, grabbed, so grab him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of another guy that's probably a, was been a hot button, hot topic for most of the offseason, preseason, um, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Right now, Rams wide receiver. Uh, right now, he's only owned in 27% of leagues. I actually drafted him in our league, and unfortunately, uh, he was my first drop when I needed to pick up uh, a defense because I don't draft defenses. But he had a ha- he had a hamstring injury at the end of the third or fourth preseason game, which I thought was going to be a little worrisome for him, so I ended up dropping him. Man, do I regret that because... Great game. Um, six six targets, four catches, 76 yards and a touchdown. Had a really nice touchdown catch um, from Goff, and he had a really bad drop uh, later on in the game. He dropped one in the third really quarter. It was a nice touchdown catch. It was like... That was a nice it catch. Is. It was like, here it is. Nah, well, I'm you, not gonna you, you, call, you call a spade a spade, uh, whatever. Yeah, I call spades spades. So I, I, I call a spade a heart. I give him heart. He had a nice catch. Uh, and... I mean, here's the thing. What I like most about him is that he had his production when, quite honestly, the the wide receiver one and wide receiver two were in the game. Watkins and Woods, none of those guys are hurt, so it's not like he was just like a fill-in, happened to get some good yardage. Like, he did that with those two guys in the game. So I think you can look... You could look forward to him doing that on a weekly basis, at least having those, you know, four or five catches. And I just see, I see him potentially being another Julian Edelman. That's I, don't, I, I like Cooper without Cup. The, without Tom Brady. I like Cooper Cup with the dynasty leagues, but at the end of the day, is uh, the Rams aren't going to play the Colts every single week. The Colts are one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Obviously, it's been proven over the last couple of years. They have tough defenses coming up like the Redskins, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks, Jaguars, Cardinals, Giants, Texans, Vikings. Okay, you're going to rattle off their whole that, schedule? That's what I'm saying, though, is is I was just trying to prove a point there, and obviously I did. I hit We're a nerve trying to you. prove a point, not have a party. Yeah, is is that they're playing these tough defenses, and not only do they play them once, they play them twice because then they got the Cardinals again, the Seahawks again, they got the 49ers again. Even the Titans' defense is pretty solid. Cooper Cup might be pretty good. He might be a solid receiver, but I think with the defensive backs that he has coming up, he's not going to put up the same numbers that he put up against the Colts, which is obviously their easiest game in their schedule this season. Here's my take. When I when I see a, a, an offense that has weapons and they're playing a really, really tough defense, I typically like their slot receiver because that's the guy that they pay least amount of attention to. They always cover up the number one, the number two as well as possible. That slot receiver team seems to always be the guy that gets those scumbag yards and potentially the dirty touchdown. I always look for that slot receiver when a good defense is playing um, an offense. So that's yeah, just you figure just the, the number one cornerback uh, will be on, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely Sammy Watkins the entire time. And yep, Cooper. Uh, just just uh, just Cooper, my two take. girls, one cup, be yeah. wide open all day. Um, Eddie, do you have one last guy to go with? I do have one last guy, Ooh, uh, and I, I like think it. I think there's a hundred percent chance Tommy's not going to argue with this pick. I'm no. going to argue with it. Go ahead. Mike Tolbert. Good pick, Eddie. Yeah, you yeah. like it? Solid. The Tolbert Report. Um, uh, Mike Tolbert, wow. only 1% owned. He's got to get off the scotch. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the transfusion. Yeah. Uh, the transfusion uh, pushed him over. <laughs> 12 carries, 42 yards, a scumbag touchdown. Um, I think he's going to be the Mike Gillisley of last year for LaShawn McCoy. He's going to get those goal line three down every time they need a yard or two rushes just to get him he's a bowling ball that's basically what he's been the entire career with carolina now with um the bills he's going to take up i think a lot of the goal line carries especially in the the later downs uh for Lashawn mccoy and the guy even had a catch out of the backfield for he 12 did. yards he did so he he's got some <laughs> legs i guess I, here's, I like him. Here's what I'll disagree with. Um, I'll disagree with one thing. He's definitely not going to be the Mike Gillisley of last year. Mike Gillisley had eight touchdowns last year, and five of them were from 20 yards or longer. Mike Tolbert is not going to run 20 yards before he dies. He would <laughs> literally, he's lucky if he can walk 20 yards. Uh, I will agree with you that he is going to get a lot of um, inside the five yard line carries because for whatever reason Buffalo loves to run the wheels off Shady McCoy and then take him out of the game inside the five yard line. As a McCoy owner last year I knew this happened all the time. It sucked Um, and the fact that Tolbert is such a big dude and he's a bowling ball he will bust through that line more times than not and the other thing is is that 
McCoy is always freaking hurt. Yeah. In every game, man, he comes out for five to ten plays because he's injured. And then he comes back in, and then he gets out again. And it, like, as a McCoy owner, that drives me insane because he always gets hurt. Just like this week, he gets hurt inside the ten-yard line almost every time. It's like he doesn't want it. He has a, Does he have incentives in his contract to not score touchdowns? Maybe he don't want to. Ah, oh, drives me nuts, man. Drives me nuts. So I, I agree with you. I think Tolbert is going to be a touchdown dependent. If you're in a league that scores heavy on touchdowns, Absolutely, I think Tolbert is a, is a pickup. The yeah. fact that he got 12 carries is still surprising. The only thing I'm very that, surprised. Uh, I like about him is that you just said it earlier when you were talking about it is McCoy gets hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. Every single year in his career, he's got hurt. And Tolbert is the backup. He's but he doesn't get hurt for games. He just gets hurt for well, he gets plays hurt for games. You know, yeah, it, it's happened in a couple of years. Uh, so I think Tolbert is definitely a solid stash cash. Ride him if you need to. He definitely might give def- you that scumbag touchdown a week. Yeah. I think Tommy's just trying to sell every listener because he's got him in our league, so he's trying to hope that I all the guys are listening. Uh, you have him in a couple leagues, though. You picked him up. I mean, I don't know if I'd ever start him if I really needed to, but um, if you are really, really desperate or if McCoy might be questionable one week, why not give him a start if you have him on your bench? Mm-hmm. So a couple more real quick. We're going to get going here. A couple more honorable mentions that we thought were good guys is uh, Jesse James, tight end for the Steelers, looked really good this week. And here's my thing. Don't trust them. It's because they have too many weapons there. And uh, But he was their touchdown. He was their, he was their, their week, red sure. zone target yeah, sure. a lot. That's this week. That's this week. Wait till he, Big Ben. Historically, Big Ben likes. But but historically, Big Ben Heath is a, is a tight end. He have a lot of touchdowns in his uh, career. So yeah, it's Heath, that, it's Heath Miller. But Heath go back Miller. and yeah, double-check right. that stat. Uh, the other guy, Tommy mentioned him earlier today, Alex Smith, um, for a player to watch and to add. And then um, also... Seattle's wide receiver, Paul Richardson, he's their number two receiver with Lockett, still kind of struggling to get back. He looked really, really good this week. Um, Those are our honorable mentions. One last question before we cut. You have David Johnson on your team. We're going to say this again because there's everybody. David Johnson's in 100% of leagues. You have David Johnson on your team. Would you pick up any of those guys we talked about just in case of David Johnson? Would I have to drop David Johnson? No. But you'd go firing after him, right? uh, Who's the first guy you're picking? Um, I mean, I would go Buck Allen to be honest. Buck Allen, Tommy? Yeah, I'd probably Buck Allen or uh, I'm gonna go Cohen. Here's the thing: Cohen's at best fifty-fifty carry. So is Buck Allen. Yeah, I guess. And 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 Tariq Cohen catches out of the backfield. So that's good. Um, that's. That's it. That's our show. Um, this was pretty fun. Check I, us out Wednesday, right? We're, yeah, we're gonna do. We're, Paul and I are gonna do another one on Wednesday. Yeah, we're gonna do a. We're gonna do a question and answer. We're gonna start trying to get in a Wednesday show. It comes out Thursday. Tommy and I are gonna um, do a little question and answer for you guys. Try to get you guys ready for week two and every week going prior to that. Uh, we'd like to have Eddie, but he's getting married, so his balls are getting snipped. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting. Yeah, they actually they're hanging on the wall next to the armpit <laughs> yeah. wax and the Jess can, uh, sauce waiver. Jess can Ed have his balls back? <laughs> uh, let's just go around the horn. Eddie, what's your uh, Twitter handle? Where can everybody check you out? At Eddie underscore the PAS. I'm Tommy. at T-Lip underscore the PAS. Get at me for the real news. Ask me the real question. Yeah, and if you're I'm lucky, he might actually advice. be on Twitter. I am at the FF Advantage. You can check out our boy, producer Cavi. He's always got some hot takes on everything but fantasy football. And uh, you can check out our show at Point After Show. You can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, every social media outlet out there at The Point After Show. Find us on iTunes or SoundCloud or subscribe to us. We are The Point After Show, the fantasy football advantage. Uh, Also check out our other show, The Point After Show. It is awesome. You guys will love it. And if you want to just laugh your balls off at anything, just check us out. Love us. By the way, hit up our website, www.thepointaftershow.com. We love you guys. And as always, Tommy, you want to take us out? Thank you. If you made it this far, thank you. Peace.